Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the East West Football Podcast. I am your host, Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me are my co-hosts, Kendall Whitley and Jerry Martinez. How are you guys doing? Doing real good, man. Hope everybody else are doing good. It's your in-house GM. I'm doing fabulous. It's hump day. Let's see what we got in store. Yes. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and get started. Let's talk about some NFL headlines. Uh, there really hasn't been much. Um one of the things that did come out earlier today was that uh, Jadavion Clowney had rejected a contract offer that he received with the Browns and that he's not in a rush to sign with any team. What are you guys' thoughts? The first thing that came to my mind is, so what is Jadavion Clowney looking for? I mean, I thought initially I thought he was going to go back to the Seahawks. I thought it seemed like Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, they really wanted him back. But I heard that he turned down the offer and he's looking for a much bigger number that they offered to him. And then I've been hearing reports about, you know, the Browns, that they're throwing some money out there to him. And he, he hasn't signed there. So, I mean, we're here like we're, – we're, we're like a month after the draft, a month a month from the draft, and he's still out there. And we're like two months like, – almost like two months from free agency. And Davion Clowney is still hasn't been signed yet. So, it's going to be very interesting to see what, what he does and when he signs somewhere. I mean, when they say it was the Browns, right, that offered him the, the biggest – Yep. The biggest or the richest offer yet. So, I mean, if you stop and you look at it, it's just one of those things. I mean, you look at Tank Lawrence, um, he's averaging about 20 million a year. Aaron Donald also up there. So when you when you see these players that are able to get into the backfield like that, I mean, he sees himself as as that type of player and deserves that type of money. So, I mean, right now, I, I guess – his sacks are not where they need to be, and that's what's holding up the whole situation, right? Yeah. Yeah, but didn't he have, like, a core muscle injury that, um, he that required surgery, yes, right, that he, that he was hindered with, like, through um, whatever the playoffs started or maybe a week before that? Yes, he did. He had some kind of injury. It lingered on for the most part last season. Yeah, so I'm not too sure what's going on with that. I mean, if I was him – what what he's probably looking for, he's looking for a really good situation, right? A chance to uh, to win a Super Bowl ring, but he's also looking for money. So I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the end of this, he's going to have to pick money or a good team. Because, I mean, if you're a good team, realistically, you're not going to pay him a lot of money, right, to join your team. Right. Uh, yeah, he's talented, but he has been injury prone. Yes. But you got to look at said- you got to look at it from a player's, you know, perspective sometimes. Um has he has he signed a free agent deal before? 
No. So that's why. I mean, he just basically wants to cash in. So I mm-hmm. think that at this point, I think it's a it's a mixture of both, right? I mean, I think that he liked the Seahawks because you know Seahawks are always, you know, they're always there in contention. That you know they they make the, they make it into the playoffs. Um, but I mean, when you look at the Browns, I mean, the Browns were supposed to be the dream team last year, and you saw how that thing just crumbled and fell apart. And now you got a whole new coaching staff. So I'm pretty sure it's just one of those things is preference. I'm pretty sure he prefers to be hand in the dirt and be able to do what he, he does best. Yes, yes. And, the, and then also, too, another team that's been rumored to trying to sign Jadavion Clowney has been the New Orleans Saints. And also, it, it looks like they are trying to work out a one-year deal. That I actually just came across this right now. Hmm. That, that's, that, that's interesting right there. Because like I said, the thing about Clowney is he, he, he's never really given you the, the – my thing for what I see, like, see, see from Clowney – he doesn't play 100% every day. He doesn't bring it every down. He's not He's not going to be a big double-digit sack guy. I think maybe the most sacks he's ever had is like eight eight in a season. He's not, He's never really he, – he jumps off the screen at times or whatnot, but he just, it doesn't seem like he bring it every play. He's not going to get you consistently double-digit sacks. He, he's never done that. So the thing about Clint, about Clint you're going to get the splash play about once or twice a game, but he's not going to be that that, that sack-dominant guy, like the, the 12, the 15 sacks. He, that, that's not Jadavion Clowney, and it hasn't been him. It's unfortunate, right? Because he was well known from this college splash big play that he had, right? Where he blew up the running back. So it just, you know, you'd like to see him be a well-rounded player, and you know, it's just a business. That's that's what we got to all understand. Yes. Yep. And then also, too, another player that still remains unsigned is Cam Newton. Uh, so we all know he got cut by the Carolina Panthers a couple months back. He was rumored to be uh, previously that there were trade rumors from the Chicago Bears that they had contacted the Carolina Panthers about a possible trade, um, but he's still out there. No one's he hasn't signed with anybody yet. And then there was another rumor that he was going to sign with the Washington Redskins since uh, Ron Rivera was a head coach there. But no, as of right now, there's no team that seems like they're interested in Camp Newton. Also, too, he did come out and say he was only looking to be a starter. And then kind of backtrack on those comments and said he would take a backup role. Where do you guys see him signing after all this? I think with Cam Newton, my two lock spots for him, I think he's going to end up going to watch to the Washington Redskins because you know Ron Rivera is there, and um, they got Josh Allen there, he formerly the, the Carolina Panthers, and they still got Dwayne Haskins. They, I don't believe they're sold on Haskins, and we are, we know what Josh Allen is. We've seen him play last year, so I think Cam. I think as the season gets near. I think Cam's. I think the Redskins are going to end up taking a chance on him based off of familiarity. At this, I have. Uh huh. Yes. At, no. at this time, at the time, at this time right now, in the time that we enter in, with it, with it, with, with everything that the world's in right now, I think the Redskins be a great fit for Cam Newton. If not, in a because if he go to Washington, he could, he could start there. He could start there right out the gateway. And then another spot would be the Pittsburgh Steelers as a backup to Big Ben. I was just about to say that. I was yes. just about to say that. To me, that would be the perfect fit for him. He doesn't yes. have to play right away, uh, but if he does, he's going to be ready to go because um, we all know Big, Big Ben's probably going to retire after this year. So yes. I just see that situation in Pittsburgh being perfect for him. Yes, yes. When, I, when I when I look at it, you know, you look at Cam, right? He's such a polarizing player. Uh, he's such a fun quarterback, especially, in you know, year two, year three when he was getting his confidence and then, you know, after that, you know, you start seeing some things happen and, you know, off season. I think 
you know, where he almost, they said he was lucky to walk away from that, that vehicle accident. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah. Uh, yes. And then yes. after that, I mean, he got, he got kind of riddled by injuries. I think that the perfect spot for Cam Newton would be for him just to be shaped and be ready mentally, physically. And mm-hmm. whenever a team quarterback goes down, then that would be the perfect team for him. I think that the biggest thing that's holding them up is whatever team is interested in them. They're not, they're not, they're trying to play chess. They're not playing checkers uh, because, you know, that's how, that's how another team finds out and that's how a player gets signed. So I think what's holding up the whole cam situation is that medical team doctors want to get their hands on him because there's a lot of things to check on. I mean, what was it? Was it last year and the year before that where they were saying he could only throw like 20 yards down the field, which is, Yes, that was insane. You know, I was like, wow. And, and he played like that, too. So mm-hmm. that's the thing is that due to the this this, you know, this illness around that's going around, you know, it's hard to bring in people's to, to see if they can bring in your people to see if he'll pass your physical. Yes, but also, too, I mean, let's let's dive a little bit deeper into that. Right. I mean, I think it goes beyond the medical. I mean, I, I believe that's number one, of course. But also, too, I mean, there was rumors that he wasn't a very good teammate as well. Um, so I think that might have something to do with it. Now, another place where I could maybe see him going would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady's older quarterback is only probably going to be only be there for a couple of years. So during that time, let Cam sit, learn the offense, you know, actually get the chance to rehab all his injuries and be ready to go when it's time for him to shine. Yes, I agree. I think the Buccaneers. I think that that would be a good fit behind um behind Tom Brady. They did they did get um the, the Blaine Gabbert. They signed him to back up. Tom we we all, we all we all know Blaine Gabbert's not going to be the franchise quarterback for the, <laughs> for the Buccaneers after yeah. Tom Brady retires, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's staying night right with Blaine Gabbert and Cam Newton. So, I mean, yeah, to me, Blaine Gabbert's just another body to be in that quarterback room. Um, I don't see him playing at all. So. Me neither. AFC East team needs a dress or not. Kendall, if you want to start it off for us. Yes, I will. Um, I'm going to start with the New York Jets. In the first round, they got Makai Benton. They needed an offensive tackle. They needed an offensive line help to help protect um, Sam Darnold. So they definitely feel the need there. He, the big tackle out of Louisville, man, he's a he's a grinder. And like he's he's even better at pass blocking, but he also he's a, he also get a great run blocker too. They also got Sam Darnold some help and going out getting um, Denzel Mims, the wide receiver from Baylor. He's an explosive. Wide receiver on the outside, he can play inside or outside. He's kind of long, so I love. It. He's a great route runner. He tore he tore it up at at the Senior Bowl this year, man. They could they couldn't even guard him. So I think him on the outside is gonna be pretty good there. Then they also um they drafted some safety help, get some depth behind Jamal Adams. And they got um Ashton Dave Ashton Davis to safety out of Cal. They, that's a pretty good pick there. They definitely I think they definitely solidified a lot of needs that the New York Jets had this year. So I think they had a pretty good draft. When I look at it, I mean, it was Joe Douglas, right, the GM that they they brought in from Philadelphia. I mean, he had 
he looked like a seasoned pro. I mean, he had a great draft, I think, as far as adding, you know, adding not only like top of it, top value, but also filling in positional needs. I mean, that even with the Denzel Mims, that was a steal. But like you said, uh, the when I had when I had seen the tape on 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 the uh, Ashton Davis, I mean, man, he could fly. I mean, and you're talking about a track star. So, I mean, here you got the Jets have basically set themselves up with options. You know, they're obviously going to protect. They're going to protect Sam Darnold. They gave, they gave him a we- a big weapon, a big fast weapon, right? And then of course they're they're solidifying the defense. So you can kind of see, kind of more or less how the Philadelphia Eagles run their their ship, and you can see how Joe Douglas is kind of taking what they're doing and adding more to it, right? Because it's very rare that you see, it's it's very rare that you can see, you know, somebody pick it up like if they, you know, like a season pro. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you guys. Yes, the addresser needs. Yes, and then moving along here to the New England Patriots. Man, like I said, a lot of people don't think the Patriots had the best draft, but coming in, coming into the draft, they had a few needs. Anytime you, you um you you lose one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, and you gotta replace them with you know they didn't really do it in the draft. Seemed like sound like they're gonna go with Stidham. So I mean, in the second round, where a lot of people thought they were gonna go get one of these young quarterbacks out the draft, they went Cal Duggar, the safety. Out of Linger Ryan, it's a, it's a small college in in North Carolina. Pretty, he's a pretty good player. He lived up at the Senior Bowl this year. They say he, he was all over the field around every play. Then also they got Josh Uche, the linebacker out of Michigan. He, he's he's obviously to be a pass rusher, and he could be an inside linebacker. And I think they got the steal of the draft when it comes to pass rushers in Anthony Jennings, edge rusher out of Alabama. You know, Belichick loves those Alabama guys. Him and Nick Saban, they're they're they're, they're really they're very close. I think Jen's going to be a pretty good pass rusher and what the, what on um, Belichick and the Patriots are going to ask him to do. They, they seem like they always get these guys that come in and just do one job and just, just and, and a lot of people might have passed on them, but they come into the Patriots system and they do real good. I think they got to steal Anthony Jennings. When they when they drafted him, I initially said that's the steal of the draft for the Patriots at the pass rusher. Then they got Devin um, Asia at the tight end of UCLA. I mean, he's um, we talked about him on, during our pre-draft, so he's going to be, I think he's a steal there. He's a versatile player. I think he's a very un- underrated tight end, too, out of UCLA. So I think that the New England Patriots definitely address a few needs they have. When you look at it, their top three needs were wide receiver, quarterback, and tight end. So, I mean, overall, when you look at it, the Patriots did what the Patriots do, right? They went back to their identity. They were known for their defense. And you brought up a really good word, a really, a really key word. You said system, right? So Jared Jared Stidham has been in that system for quite some time now. So I felt that when you looked at it, a lot of fans and a lot of, you know, the, just the NFL uh, in general were shocked that they didn't go with the quarterback. But you see, Stidham has been in – he's already been in the system for a while. So this is going to prove if Stidham has a great year, right, then maybe Tom Brady was a system quarterback, uh, I right? don't know about that, but all right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so and and overall when you look at when you look at the draft i mean obviously they've they've been known for the uh, 12-man formation right uh for those that don't know what i'm referring to it's uh one running back two tight ends so i think that uh you know picking up those they actually picked up two tight ends right yeah yes and this is draft so 
I think that the one tight end that's gonna that's gonna be the the flex is gonna be David uh, Asiasi. Uh, he does really good with his blocking, and he's he can run after the catch. So mm-hmm. I think that if anything, they are trying to repli- replicate what they've had in the past and reestablish that defense. So overall, it's very hard that they meet their needs. I mean. I, I think that you can never have enough quarterbacks, and especially in this modern time that we live in, especially in the NFL, quarterback is capital. Quarterback is going to win you or lose you your games. So I think that if they would have addressed that need, I think that we could have seen maybe a for sure, yes, they met their needs. I think in this case, they're trying to go, they're trying to roll with what they have, and they were able to pick up some of the needs. So they did have some holes left on this offseason. Did they draft a receiver this year? No. What What was their biggest need this year coming into the offseason? Going into the draft, um, a lot of people say quarterback and wide receiver. Mm, so, let's, so let's think about last year. So the, the area that they struggled most in was a wide receiver, correct? And tight end as well. Mm-hmm. Now, with them not addressing that, I mean – I, I'm going to tell you that they, they, they did not address their needs. And then also, too, I mean, I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but Tom Brady's left. He's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> now, uh, they did resign Brian Hoyer, but, again, when you had Jared Stidham, I mean, he's obviously going to start over Brian Hoyer because I don't see him. Brian Hoyer starting over Jared Stidham. Um, but they know. They did not address their needs. And I think this year there is going to be a new – AFC East uh, division champion. It's not going to be the New England Patriots. Well, well, partly why the Patriots maybe didn't address the wide receiver position because they got their first round pick coming back from last year. He got hurt in the training count and he missed all of the game. And I actually was at the game that he came for the game after they, they came back. He, he was supposed to come back for the Baltimore game when he was eligible, Nikhil Harry. So, but he came back the next week against the Philadelphia Eagles. So maybe that's maybe maybe they believe in the kill Harry come back having a full off season with the groom with the, with a younger Jared Stidham he, he wants to he wants to work with the, with young with um, young receiver they got Jacob Myers coming back and let's not forget they gave up a second round for Sanu so maybe they, I mean maybe they <laughs> yeah see potential there. yeah but I mean you can't you can't tell me anything to change my mind man because because this draft class as far as wide uh, wide receivers goes it was so deep and for them not yes, to draft. And for them not to be able to draft one, I mean that man, that is that is outrageous. I'm sorry. To me, that's well, they, outrageous. They, they did they did go and sign like three or four undrafted free wide receivers. So they didn't completely go away from the position. But I think I mean, like I said, it'll be interesting. We have to see and the Patriots have a knock of 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 really hitting on these undrafted guys. It's always somebody comes out of nowhere that performs well, and then we'd be like, Oh, who's that guy? And then I mean then look halfway through the season. He's making plays, so you know we just have. To well, see. well, it's been a while since they hit on on a wide receiver, right? I mean, shoot, I, the last one they hit on was Julian Edelman, right? It's been a while and, since they were well, on a first round receiver because they know they've drafted or the Kier was the first one they. Got no, no, I'm just, round. I'm just saying overall. Yes, um, yes, yeah. It's, it's, Edelman it's, was a. Yeah, it, it's been quite a while. He he was an undrafted. Yeah, undrafted free agent. Free agent. Yes. yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Edelman, Edelman was undrafted. Like I said that they, they got a they got a long history of hitting on these guys. Yeah. Who, they, they come in, but they don't have a lot of. You don't think they have a lot of potential, but they come in to pay the system and they play good. True. So, you know, so we just have, we just have to see. Drafted or undrafted, it's been a while since they hit on a wide receiver. And again, to me, it's just I don't know why they just didn't draft one. Uh, they did have a lot of picks. This wide receiver class is very deep. 
So, no, I'm going to say they did not address your needs. Yeah, well, I mean, I could could see why you say that. I mean, overall, I think that they have a preference for every positional player that they have. You know, their wide receivers, going back to Wells Walker, you know what I mean? That was your basically a wide receiver. It was a running back playing a wide receiver, and that's exactly what you have in Edelman. I don't think that they're going to spend a first-round pick on that type of wide receiver if no. they'll get him in the later rounds or, you know, undrafted. So that that's why they don't they don't draft wide receivers. Uh, quarterback, I think that um, why bring in a quarterback if you have Stidham and they were able to bring in Brian Hoyer. So they feel that their system that they have in place yep. is the right system to, to push them, you know, push them further, in, push them into the push them into contention. I don't think they have like, you know, I'm going to have to side with Fidel. I don't think they have enough to to win the division because I'll tell you this, this is going to really prove it to show everybody that, you know, either, yes, you know, Josh McDaniels is the real deal with the system that they have in place and, and of course, uh, Bill Belichick, or you know what, they should have been, they should have maybe thought this process out a little bit better and maybe perhaps drafted, you know, a quarterback and a wide receiver in the higher Some, round. Somewhere Belichick is sitting in the corner telling you guys, just, just sit back and watch. And he got Stidham sitting right beside him. And they're, they're going to make some fools out of a lot of people this year. I well, think Stidham is that guy. I think I think he's going to be a pretty good quarterback for the Pages in that system. And Belichick will have the final laugh that final laugh in, in this whole thing. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Look, my whole thing about this is, all right, you have a young quarterback. I get it. You wanted to start – you wanted to have a fresh start, right? Uh, so you have your own quarterback in position to start. Let's get him some weapons. Why not draft a couple of receivers in the draft? You had a lot well, of draft. Well, you had a lot of draft picks later in in the draft. So, I mean, the Patriots had a lot of draft needs this year. They lost a lot of friends. Yeah, so yeah, but but a wide receiver. But need. but but when you think about what what's going to help out a young quarterback, right? Weapons, wide receiver, or tight end. Yes. Exactly. I mean, tight end. Well, yes, we I saw they, they drafted the two tight ends. They was on the board. They want to get Justin Jefferson, but the Vikings got him, and we we all saw the reaction for Belichick and the Patriots. But, so but, maybe- but Kendall, I mean, to, for for us to give them, you know, um, you know, like a slap in the hand or like not say that they did a horrible job, I mean, that would just be incorrect of us of doing because again, they they had a lot of draft picks, right? So to me, yes. they could they could have you know sent a couple draft picks, moved up, and drafted him. So to me, they just they left a lot on the table, and I think it's going to be a long season for the New England Patriots. I think it's going to be a pretty good season for the Patriots. I think they're they're going to be out. They're going to prove a lot of people wrong, and they're coming in this season with a chip on shoulder because we all know like a lot of people are counting the New England Patriots out because the uh well the so the so called goat Tom Brady's not there anymore. So I think they're going to I think the they're going to they're going to ride this season out. They're going to play. I mean, I think they're going to come out. They're going to play very hard this year, and I think just and, and just to look back. Look what the Patriots did when Brady was suspended a few years back. They had Garoppolo and they had Brissett. Different Everybody, team. Yes, 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 you're right. But see, the Patriots, they are a defensive first team. They didn't lose much on defense. They got more, They got quicker and they got younger and faster on defense during the draft. So I think the Patriots, I think if, as long as Stidham can come in and don't kill don't kill the team, I think the Patriots are going to be pretty good. I think, they, And like I said, who are we to say what they didn't do in the draft, what they didn't do with Frazee? They got Bill Belichick back there, coach. So that's that's five or six wins right there. So <laughs> that's look, five or six wins right there. <laughs> All right. So so look. So I'm not saying that people are counting, you know, the Patriots off, right? But but they're not counting the Patriots in. 
to win the division, which I think they're not going okay, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it's going to be a long season again. I'll, and I'll just say that. I, I don't believe so. I think I think the, I think they're going to be okay this year. Okay, so moving along, <laughs> <laughs> we have the Dolphins. Right, their top needs were quarterback, running back, and offensive tackle. When you look at the entire offseason, I mean, they brought in some names on names on names. They bought Byron Jones, right? They, that was the top-rated cornerback free agent this year. They, they paid him. They brought in a, a Patriot, right? Kyle Van Noy, um, Jordan Howard, Emmanuel Agba, Shaq Lawson, Eric Flowers. So when you look at it, I mean, they started filling a lot of pieces in already. So it helped them prepare themselves for the draft. And you know they they didn't when you look at when you look at the big picture, we had Terry on Rogers right. We had him on, and he had said, if any team should draft Tua Tungavailoa, it should be the Dolphins because they have so much draft capital. If you're a team that has just one draft pack and one draft pick in the first round, it's it it wouldn't be wise for you to take a chance on Tua because you're not too sure about his medicals. But, you know, let's go to their draft, right? They drafted Tua Tungo Bailoa. They got Austin Jackson. They got Noah uh, Imbaganagani. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Yes. Uh, Robert Hunt and Brandon Jones, a safety. Overall, I think the Dolphins did so much during the offseason that they were able to, you know, get a luxury pick with uh, Tua Tungo Bailoa. And then th- there's, been some, there's been some articles out saying that the Dolphins are – you know, if ne- if need be, Tua might see the ac- might see some action this year. So, I mean, it's a waiting. To, it, I I wouldn't I wouldn't throw him out there. You know, I want to heal, make sure that he's healed. But I've also been seeing his workouts. His footwork looks it looks crazy. It looks like you know it looks like he never had that injury. So, I mean, when you look at it overall, I think that they met their needs. They're a very gritty team. I think with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, he's just a fearless vet that just is not afraid to throw the ball around. Overall, I feel that they did meet their needs. Yes, I have, I have to agree with you there. I think, like I said, coming in, they still got Fitzpatrick, the the veteran. He's been around, so he, he's probably going to start the season off. They did draft Tua. They got their future there, Tua. Uh, he can stay healthy out of Alabama, so he's, he's going to be pretty good there. I love the Austin Jackson pick, the, the offensive tackle out of USC. That's gonna be a great pick for them to get some protection for um for Tua. Um, they got the cornerback out of Auburn, great depth. They got some the, the, the Dolphins. They got some pretty. They got three pretty good corners now. So I mean, I mean, I think they, I think they did pretty good there. My favorite pick from the Dolphins is the Curtis Weaver, the edge rusher out of the Boise State. I mean, he he's one of my one of my hidden gems. I think that's a great pick for them. Then they then they got Raquan Davis. I know I love my Alabama guy, so he's a great pass rusher, great run stopper out of Alabama. So I think the Dolphins, they definitely met needs, and they got some great depth young players too. Dolphins, yeah, I think they had a, a terrific draft. They definitely met the needs. Dolphins, my favorite team in the AFC East, my dark horse team to win the division. Yes, for sure they addressed their needs. Uh, they landed the top corner in free agency in Byron Jones. They drafted two of uh, two of Tango Bailoa. So now they solidify the quarterback position, and I feel like they have their franchise quarterback in place as long as they don't rush him on the field. Uh, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick is still there. Let him run the show for another season, and you'll be good to go. So we got the Buffalo Bills. When you look at it, their top needs were edge, wide receiver, linebacker. I will say this. They had a great offseason. 
pre-draft offseason. They brought in EJ Gaines, which has been a solid cornerback in the league for, for a few years now. They had brought in Vernon Butler, which was a former first-round defensive tackle with the with the Carolina Panthers. They also brought in Mario Addison, AJ Klein, a linebacker, Josh Norman, the cornerback, right, who was previously with the Redskins and the Panthers. And then they brought in Stephon Diggs in a in a crazy uh, trade, right? They gave up they gave up some some good draft capital, but you know, for a young wide receiver that can pretty much run every route tree. So elusive, so I mean, just just has this knack for being a great playmaker. I mean, for them to do that before the draft, that, I mean, wow. I mean, the Buffalo Bills were just a great team to begin with last year. So when you when you look at it pre-draft, they killed it. Then you go into the draft, they waited there and they drafted AJ Ipanessa before this whole before the the draft even started. You know, the prior the 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 pre-draft. They had AJ Epinesa pegged as a top ten defensive end, and for him to fall to the second round, I think that was great value. I think that he's going to be a surprise. He's going to bring, he's going to bring stability to the, you know, to the edge to the defensive end. They also drafted a running back in Zach Moss, uh, wide receiver Gabriel Davis, which is one of uh, Kendall's uh, sleepers. The quarterback Jake Fromm, which is. Uh, Fidel's uh, favorite sleeper, and then they actually found great depth. And Isaiah, I, I believe, uh, was it Isaiah, John, another wide receiver, right? Isaiah Hodgins, yeah. yeah and I... then uh, cornerback Dane Jackson, which was another of our sleeper, our hidden, our sleeper gems that we had uh, before before the actual draft. So when you look at it, the Bills absolutely killed it. They actually were able to fill their needs, and I believe they're gonna they're gonna get the they're gonna win the division, and they're gonna actually make a stronger push into the playoffs this year than they did last year. Yes, very good, there, Jerry. Um, I love the AJ Espinosa Espinosa pick out of Iowa. He's a I mean, he's not the flashiest player, but he just he just makes plays and he gets a lot of sacks. But he got a lot of sacks for the um Hokas this year. So I th- I love the pick there. Zach Moss, if y'all remember, if y'all go back to the shows when we did the pre-draft shows, he was one of my sleeping running backs. I, I talked him up on almost every show we did. And then um I think out of, out of Utah that's a pretty good player. Um be a pretty good running back there, backing up Devin Singletary. Gabriel Davis, I love my wide receiver out of UCL. He's a big receiver, big long receiver. And I think I mean he can get up the field too. So I think he's gonna be pretty good there. They got Jake Farm at the quarterback out of Georgia. I think um, this is, I'm gonna go on a limb right now. By week ten, this in a in a 2020 season, Jake Farm would be the starting quarterback for the Buffalo wow. Bills. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say it right now. If y'all remember, soon as the draft when they got him, I said keep an eye on three quarterback situations: Green Bay Packers, the Eagles, and the Buffalo Bills. I think Jake Farm, if if he comes in, it can be a similar situation to the Tom Brady Bledsoe situation. Jake Farm. He's not. He's he doesn't have the biggest arm, and then you're playing that windy Buffalo. You know, you kind of have a you got to have a a wind a good a pretty good arm there. But like I said he he doesn't have the best arm. I think Jake Farm with those weapons that the Bills got, if Josh Allen slips up this year, which I think he will, I think Jake Farm's going to come in. He's going and he's not going to let 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 the position go back to go go back to Josh Allen. I think Jake Farm's going to be the future quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, and I'm thinking it, it's going to happen week ten this year. If y'all listening, can y'all y'all can um save this show. And, and be sure to and, and, and bring it back up later on this year. I think Jake Fonz can be the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, the defensive season now. 
But and yes, I think they did. They did. Oh yeah, don't league. worry. I'm gonna remind you. Come week ten. Hold on. Let me just write this down real quick. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're. I think <laughs> you're wrong. I'm, I'm calling week it right now. Wrong. I'm calling ten. It right now. I think you're extremely wrong. Now I love Jake Fromm, and you guys know that. But Josh Allen is still a young guy. He's another. He's gonna have another uh, year under his belt. Um, you know, they were in the playoff game last year. I felt they should have won. If it wasn't for some key mistakes he ended up uh, making at the end. But nothing but good things to say about the Buffalo Bills and Sean McDermott and company. Uh, awesome job, free agency. Awesome job during the draft. So, yes, uh, most definitely. I said the Dolphins were my dark horse. So, favorite, I have the Buffalo Bills that winning the division. But if I'm going to pick another team, I would say the Miami Dolphins. But, yes, team needs a dress for sure for the Buffalo Bills. And real, real quick there with the Buffalo Bills. If you if if you're not if you're not gonna win division, Tom Brady's not there no more. When are you gonna win? I mean, you got out of town. You're clearly the most talented team offensively, you might well say, in division. So if you're not gonna win it, I mean, when are you gonna do it? Not like when? I mean, so we're going, it's gonna be very interesting to see. I think I don't think Josh Allen's the future. I I don't like him as a quarterback or whatnot. I like him as a person, not as a quarterback. I think he's very inaccurate. I think Jake Fromm's going. He's going to take the job. I, real quick, Josh Allen is. I think that we have the wrong perspective. Uh, perception of him what I see when I see him I see a little bit of Cam Newton in him I mean he will take the risk when when he needs to and he's trying his best to you know put the team in a good position to 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 win so I think that those mistakes that Fidel was referring to you know yeah okay you know he fumbled but you know if if he if he would have held on to it that would have been a 15-yard run for, you know, a first down, you know. And he's he's been shown – he's shown his ability to throw the ball wherever he wants it and in tight, in tight, you know, in tight spaces. All right, gentlemen. Any final thoughts before we get off the air tonight? Uh, yes, man. Real, real good show tonight. Appreciate the guys coming on. And, uh, you know, just I want everybody to just keep an eye on the Jalen Ramsey in the rounds and the, the, the start and talk contract. So I think it probably gets done before training camp. Yeah, I mean, also just just to add on, what's going on with the whole Jamal Adams? It seems like this trade does not yes. want to stop. It's it's almost like somebody needs to do something. You know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jets the the Jets fans and the owner would like to you know settle this, but you know obviously his demands are not being met. You know he's not he's not going to be your turnover machine as far as interceptions. But he's gonna be your, you know, your hybrid that can rush, you know, play your linebacker and and then be your 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 safety when you need him. I think he has a promising future. I love the way he plays the game. Um, that's just something that I I hope to see, you know, settled pretty soon. Also, I know we've talked about him numerous times, but I'm pretty sure that we're nearing a a actual decision with the whole Dak Prescott situation. Oh, man. Yes, I mean, yes, are, it's I just insane, you know, uh, but, you know, obviously it's just, we just got to, it's just, it's very hard to understand the salary cap. So, you know, if anything, I do think that when it's all said and done, the deal is going to get done. I do think it may be a four-year deal and he's going to average a, uh, a little north of what, Russell Wilson's averaging on annual salary, which will be about 37, a little over 37 mil a year. 
and he'll he'll he will fall between eighty four to ninety six million total guarantees. So you know, expect that to happen soon. So I mean, these are just lingering stories that are just going on and on. So you know, hopefully these these stories will come to an end pretty soon, and then we can get back to it and the start of the start of training camp coming up too. Yes, and then special program reminder: uh, on Friday we will have CFL and NFL free agent Deshaun Bell the uh, second that will be joining the show on Friday. Yes. All right, guys, that's going to go and wrap it up for the East West Football Podcast again. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good night. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid. Electric acid.